folks, you're listening to Heaving Bosoms, the podcast where two best friends recap romance novels while going on tangents and laughing our faces off. I have big giant news to share. This Thursday, I'm premiering a brand new podcast. I teamed up with Jenny Nordback to bring you another weekly show called Bonkers Romance, where we recap and discuss the most Banana Town Bonkers books we can find with your favorite people from Romancelandia. Make sure to stay to the end of this episode to hear the trailer for Bonkers Romance and follow us wherever you're listening right now so you don't miss our first two episodes. Your Thursdays are going to get a whole lot more joyful. Jenny and I have a ton planned in addition to the podcast, and right now, Heaving Bosoms patrons are reaping the benefits. Everyone at the $10 tier and up is getting a free preview of what we're calling the Bonkers Romance Book Club. Basically, it's a digital book box where supporters get two free ebooks a month. Last month, patrons got an advanced copy of Sierra Simone's new release, Saint. And this month, they're getting advanced copies of Jenny's debut romance, His Leading Lady, and Avery Flynn's number one in a new series called Mama's Boy. If you sign up at the $10 level or above, you can download those right this minute. And now we've got a special surprise. Alexis Daria stopped by to talk about A Lot Like Adios and recap the rom-com triumph, Miss Congeniality. Here we go. Oh my gosh. Hello. Hello, everyone. Hello, listener. Hello. Hello, Aaron. I haven't seen Aaron in forever. For a long time. Yeah. Also, we're meeting one of our heroes for the very first <laughs> time. <laughs> so, welcome to Heaving Bosoms, Alexis Daria. Yay! Yay! Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's our actual pleasure. How are you? How's everything going? I am, you know... Doing as well as can be. It seems like our heat wave in New York City finally broke, so maybe I can go outside again. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) Well, and you've recently had just like this tiny release that came. Do you have like maybe some news? Like 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 any news? news? Nothing new with you. Um, My latest book release, "A Lot Like Adios," just came out. And it is the second book in the Primas of Power series, right after You Had Me at Ola. Yeah. We read You Had Me at Ola, which you probably know, and we... I don't have one. Yeah. <laughs> this is bullshit. Oh, <laughs> um, they're holding up their books. I don't have one to hold up. Um, but we loved You Had Me at Ola. We loved oh. it so much. It was so good. So I have a confession. What? I did listen to the episodes. <gasps> oh! <laughs> my publicist texted me and was yeah. like, you have to listen to the Heaving Bosoms episodes oh, about your book. Oh. And she listened to them first. She was like, they don't say anything bad. <laughs> so, yeah. But she said, it's just so, so funny. You have to listen. So I put oh. them on while I was trying to do some work, I guess. And then I just sat there and listened. And then oh. I went and I told my boyfriend, you should listen to this so that you'll know what my book is about. <laughs> but he hasn't. <laughs> That's okay. I don't think my husband has ever listened to an episode. 
That's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I'm so glad that you enjoyed the episode. It's always, you know, we, we, we always worry about saying something even accidentally that will like get stuck in an author's head, you know? Mm-hmm. So I'm really, really, really glad because we like fell over ourselves about, um, you had me at Ola. And so Mish and Gabe though, holy shit, man. Like you, I loved you had me at Ola, but like I, I don't know. I think maybe you leveled up. Oh, that's the best to hear. <laughs> like this nonsense is is so good. Oh my gosh, Mish and Gabe just slayed me. So, do you want to tell listener what it's about, or do you want me to keep rambling really, really <laughs> uh, badly? You would probably do a better job than I would. <laughs> what the book is about? Uh, it's about two former friends who haven't seen each other in thirteen years oh. uh, since they were since they graduated high school, and they were just really good friends. And then that last moment before they parted, they had like a really hot hookup. And then uh, goodbye forever until... Without a word. Yeah, without ah. a word. Oh and then they gosh. end up reuniting to work on a project together. Yeah. And they are stuck in a house together next door oh. to his parents. And he does not <laughs> want his parents to know that he's there. So he's sneaking in and out. <laughs> and they pretty much just like leap back into bed together. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and- my gosh. Oh, my gosh. So, okay. So I loved Michelle in the first book, you know, oh in the Queen of Power text. Like, yes. loved her. And now, I don't know. I just love how strong she is about everything. And yet she has that, like, ooey-gooey center that she's just trying so hard to protect. Mm-hmm. <gasps> and then Gabe. So not only, listener, oh, my God. Not only <laughs> is it second chance it's also like friends to like quasi enemies because he and dicked her proximity over too. real good. It's a lot uh-huh. of things. Okay. It's yeah. forced proximity. And they all There's start an only F. one bed. <laughs> they what? I said they all start with F except for only one bed. There's like forced yeah. proximity, former friends to lovers. Yeah. Um, fake dating. Yes. Fake dating. There's a lot of effing. I can curse on here. Right? Oh my God. Oh, yes. Please. I couldn't remember for a second. <laughs> no. Yeah, there's a lot of in this book. Yeah. <laughs> It is so steamy. And then, ju- okay, so listener, if you recall, there was that there was that whole device used in You Had Me at Ola where we got to see the episodes of the telenovela. And like, Aaron and I died over that. In this book, there's this whole love letter to nerddom and like all of that because the interstitials in this book are the fan fiction that they wrote together for a sci-fi Latinx it's, show. It's so brilliant how you can keep that line of interstitials throughout. Well, I it's you're so smart. It's masterful. Like there's no <laughs> other word for it. I'm sorry. Thank you. You're welcome. No. Thank you, Ms. I, Daria. I won't lie, those scenes in, in both books, it really took me a long time to figure out how I was going to show these scenes. Sure. You know, and I, with this one, I came up with so many different, like, fake sci-fi shows that they could have been fans of. Oh. And with whole outlines for what their fanfic was. And the fanfic is barely in the book. A lot but, of it is just so, them chatting and planning the fanfic, yes. which is just as good. You oh. have the first scene and the last scene, and then the rest of it is just their chats. Oh. So those are serving as the flashback. 
So I think what I'm hearing from you is that this fanfic exists somewhere in full yeah, form is that, written by is you. Is that a thing? Is that what we're hearing? It doesn't, but there is an outline because I actually cut a lot of the um, a lot of their planning out of those parts sure. where they were like, and what if they do this and then they do this and then they do that? And I was like, nobody else is going to care about these fake characters. You know, these characters were not even in the book. Right, they were right. not even real within the world of the story. Right. So I cut a lot of those things out. Um, but it has crossed my mind to try writing. Oh, I bet if you write it, you will find some people who care. Yeah. That's, that's I bet I bet people might, I don't know, flock to it. Like, I feel like, mm-hmm. you know, that would be a really good newsletter incentive. Listen, I'm not. I'm not an author publicist. But <laughs> yeah, I loved it. Thank you so much. And thanks for coming on the podcast to talk about the movie. What movie did you choose? Oh, so we watched Miss Congeniality mm-hmm. from the year 2000, starring Sonic <laughs> <laughs> Boy, is it from the year 2000, everyone. Oh, yes. oh, no. Okay. But for a movie from the year 2000, it is not the worst early 2000s romantic right. comedy we have watched not, in terms of problems. You're right. Yeah. Yeah, there was only one Liberace joke, after all. <laughs> I even forgot about that one. It's not without its issues, but not as bad as it could have been, for sure. For for sure. Yeah, just to get that on the table, there's some fat shaming and fat phobia. There's homophobia. There's like a lot of gay jokes. There's a lot of gay jokes. What else is in here? There's a lot of sexual harassment in the workplace. (laughs) And so much misogyny. So much misogyny. (laughs) There there were a lot of, like, terrible jokes uh, made on Miss Hawaii's behalf. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Miss Miss Hawaii was uh, abused. Yeah. But other than those things. But other than that. Great fun movie. What a super fun movie. Oh my gosh. Okay. So we've got Wait, I've got to say up front, Mel. Yeah. Hey. Look hey. me in the face. Melody, Melody, Melody. Here I am. If it becomes too much FBI wise, <laughs> you need a we need a signal. <laughs> it's literally never going to happen. I never All think right. it's too much FBI. Buckle stuff. up for a three hour <laughs> lesson on how this op should have gone. <laughs> I actually put in a note that said something like, I'm not a law enforcement officer, but but I'm pretty sure this is not how you do a bust. I'm pretty sure this is a giant mess. Yep. (laughs) Yeah. So before we get into the movie, though, I have to tell you a funny story. Uh, I watched the movie last night. Yeah. But before that, I took a nap in the middle of the day, as I want to do. And I dreamed that I was going to watch the movie. Uh Uh-huh. But in the dream, I accidentally put on a Tiffany Haddish movie instead. And then when I woke up, I just wanted nothing more than an updated remake starring Tiffany Haddish. Yes. Fantastic. How brilliant would that be? Oh, my god, That would be gosh. very good. Wow. And, you know, in my head, I'm like, an updated remake? This isn't that old. But it is 20 years old. It's, it's a full like, 20 years old. It is due for old. a remake. Yeah. <laughs> that would be great. Oh, my God. Yeah, she would. So, she was putting that out into the universe. I love it. All right, so okay. we we start off in a Russian mob restaurant. Okay, Actually, no, we start off in a playground. <gasps> I'm so sorry. Take a You're seat. You're right. In 1982, 
And I did not remember this scene because I realized I can't remember the last time I watched this movie all the way through, if I ever have, because I usually catch it on TV sometime during the makeover or the pageant. And I'm like, oh, look, it's on. And I watch it from there. Totally. But watching it from the beginning... I was like, what is, what's happening here with this playground scene in 1982? But part of this is basically like she beats up a guy to like protect another guy. Kid. Kids. Kid. Kid. They're children. They're children on the playground. Literal children. I don't know, like eight, six. Yeah. I don't know how kids are anyway. I don't know how old kids are. She's reading a book called The Invisible Intruder. Which I thought was very charming. <laughs> wasn't it Nancy Drew? I think yeah. it was Nancy Drew book. Yeah. Aww. Yeah. But she like beats up the kid and then the other kid, she's like, I kind of have a crush on you. And he's like, I don't like you at all because now everyone thinks I'm a wimp. And so she beats him up too. My exact yeah. note, it's not what he says, but it's basically what it says. He says, um, I don't like you. I've already soaked up a ton of toxic masculinity. And so you <laughs> defending me was super embarrassing. And so she does punch him right in the face. It's great. Yep. And the it's- bad kid, he's like, you're calling me a girl? And she's like, you called me one. And I'm like, it's not a bad name. <laughs> it's not a pejorative. I've been realizing that. Children? Anyway. Yeah, so she punches both of them in the nose. And I, I was it. like, okay, we're not going to get into what her home life is like. Or, you know, <laughs> we don't hear anything about her family, like Ew. why she thinks it's okay to punch people in the nose in the schoolyard. But hey, it was 1982. When I was time. reading trivia for this, I yeah. found out that there was an original, there was originally a backstory <gasps> for Agent Hart where her mother was a top FBI agent who was killed in the line of duty. Whoa. Whoa. Okay. Yeah, but they had to cut it. Oh. Yeah. They, anyway, they needed look at that it through Liberace that lens, joke. you can kind of see it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. All right. Okay, so now we're in a Now we're in a Russian situation. mob restaurant. Okay. And she is doing a surveillance <laughs> with a book that has a very obvious video camera on it and a full screen on the inside. Okay. At first I thought, this is a stupid device that would never be used. <laughs> but then... But they wouldn't like, okay, the stupidest thing is Benjamin Bratt out in the rain. Oh like, my God. <laughs> sitting next to a garbage can pretending to be a homeless person. Like, what yeah. is that? Like, what is he surveilling? What is he doing? Like, clearly they have her perched inside the restaurant. Why right. can't they have him at another table? It makes no sense. But whatever. <laughs> That's the stupid so, thing. Jumping off that, though, and this is skipping ahead just a little bit, he tells her at the end of that scene, and by the way, you look like hell. And I was like, you know what? Sitting in garbage. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> and he was literally sifting through actual garbage, like not yeah. pretending to. He was really looking through no, garbage. No, he went very That's method on this thing. Yes. <laughs> yes. But anyway, the book device, like, I thought about it and I was like, actually, it's kind of genius because now she can see what her what her camera is capturing instead of instead of just, like, hoping that she's getting it. I, I kind of actually like that device, even though... It was super. I mean, stupid. sure, but if anybody walks behind you, you're fucked. Yeah. Like, I guess I'm glad she was in a booth. Maybe that was strategic. I don't know. But then, as the problem is in this scene, someone walks in front of her, and all the FBI guys comment on this the size of this waitress's ass. Oh my yes. god! Oh my god! And she's a she's a regular sized lady. Not that it matters, but like, God, the two thousands. Like, yeah, she's a regular lady. Mm-hmm. But she has a stroke of genius to get up and hug the woman and tell her how much she enjoyed the borscht, which was very funny. <laughs> it's very cute. And then all of a sudden it starts to go down with these Russian mobsters who are at 
a table in the middle of the restaurant middle. next to a window, <laughs> which is so convenient for the FBI. But listen, um, they handed off those discs, you know? Yes. So yeah. that's what they needed, the discs. Yep. And they, they got it on camera. Eyes on the discs. <laughs> and then she stands up and points a gun at them um, and says something that means nothing in Russian. I went back. <gasps> A thousand times. She says something like Lahitsna Napol, which okay. is nothing. <laughs> Russian HPs, I'm sorry, but I think it's nothing. Like Napol means on the floor, but okay. Lahishna La doesn't mean anything. I couldn't find it anywhere. It's it's not a word. Get on the floor, no, hands on the floor. Like it's nothing. It means nothing. It might mean spoon on the floor. Spoon well, as floor. we know, she was reading a book on Russian grammar or something yeah, like that. She was. But trying. it was cut out for her little screen in her camera. <laughs> so maybe what she needed was cut out. It's right where true. the screen was. That's where it said, get on the floor. <laughs> ah. ah, They really, they really messed that up, those tech guys. But then the big Russian boss, he does start choking on a peanut and the leader of the whole FBI unit is like, everybody stand down. We're not falling for this nonsense. Right. And she's very like, he is purple. That is hard to fake. Right. So she goes against orders and she gives him the Heimlich maneuver. And that gives him a chance to like get a knife at her neck. And then other people start shooting. And then one of her colleagues does get very shot in the shoulder. Yes. <laughs> However, however, these three FBI guys busted in. There's the one guy in the back, and then the three of them just stood there. Right there. Boom, like, boom, With boom. huge guns, too. <laughs> but, like, I don't know, four feet away from the Russian mobsters? Yeah. And then they did, like, they never secured the scene, and the mobsters didn't have their guns out yet. Yeah. But they just yelled at each other for a while while this guy choked. Yeah, they didn't even have anybody at the back door. Didn't somebody have to run the fuck around the whole restaurant? Yeah, they went around the building. They had to go through yeah. the kitchen. <laughs> it was a mess. Oh. The whole thing was a mess. And it's it was delicious. not Gracie's fault. The whole thing was everyone's fault. Like, I don't <laughs> yes. know who was running the op, if it was the guy, if it was McDonald, the, the major guy, or I don't know. But mm -hmm. it wasn't her fault. It was kind of her fault. But it wasn't all her fault. Sure. But you know what is her fault? The TV dinner and punching bag and not putting her uh, hair up? Kind of. When her teammate gets shot in the shoulder and she doesn't go to the hospital, like <laughs> yeah. they all just go home and wait for the morning briefing to find out if he will live. Like, <laughs> go to the hospital. Like, <laughs> Jesus Christ. They're just like, he's okay. Send him lots of gifts. Like, yeah, they're so relieved in the morning when they find out he will live. Jesus. Well, you know, they did have to get their beauty sleep, Aaron. It is the FBI after all. You have to look your best. But there is that scene where she goes home and it says somewhere in, oh, where did I put those notes? That apparently all that scene said was Gracie goes home and starts boxing. So that whole scene was ad-libbed. with brilliant. Sandra Bullock like fighting with the microwave door and tripping over things. The comforter is like her, her physical comedy in this is, is so, so good. good. She's so good. She's really good at a pratfall. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. So she's upset, you know, because her friend got shot. She doesn't know his condition at all because mm -hmm. she's at home eating her microwave dinner. But she's upset about it. Mm -hmm. Then we clip to <gasps> the citizen. The citizen. Dun dun dun. Typing their. No, it's an ominous Yeah. Oh, wow, this poetry. Wow. I have a lot of things to say. <laughs> <laughs> First.
first of all, if you're going to mail a letter of this type, wearing gloves isn't going to help you. You're breathing on the letter. So, like, you're going to get DNA on it. It's coming out of your printer. Your DNA is all over this thing. And then the bitch licked the envelope. Oh, yeah. What's the gloves for? (laughs) (laughs) It makes no sense. It's it on a computer, right? It wasn't on like a typewriter. No, no, but she's like, she prints it and like pulls it out. Mm -hmm. I guess that's what the gloves were for. Yeah, but then licks it. And then licks it. Not smart. So you see this bulletin board of like all of these other targets that the citizen has hit, like a stadium and like maybe a boat yard of some Mm -hmm. kind. Sorry, I just just killed a mosquito. Oh, yeah. Get it. Yes. I think that's our first heaving bosoms casualty. Oh, <laughs> I love it. Yeah, it is real dead. <laughs> anyway, all of these different things that the citizen has hit. And then throughout the movie, they keep suspecting people who are like very deeply involved with specifically the beauty pageant. Like Miss mm-hmm. Rhode Island, like did a PETA protest one time. They're like, maybe it's her. Maybe she's the citizen. And it's like, no. She, what, what do you think happened here? She bombed a random shipyard and a stadium and then decided to go back to Rhode Island and go to the prelims for like Miss America and go up through the ranks and finally become Miss Rhode Island so that she can bomb this target. It makes no sense. Like they these, should have thought it was a copycat from the beginning. Yeah. These FBI agents are pretty terrible for a lot great. of reasons. <laughs> One being that they're bad at their job, yeah. Yes. but also there's a whole lot of misogyny from these guys. Oh my gosh. So much misogyny, so much workplace sexual harassment, and we've got an abuse of power here right now because she gets a phone call on Coffee. her way to work. <laughs> and she's like, oh, sir. All right. I'll get right on it. Yep. I'll be there. And you think she's going like siren, the whole thing. You think she's going to a crime mm-hmm. scene. She ju- does cut like... 45 people at the biggest Starbucks I've ever seen in my life (laughs) in order to get about a dozen coffees. It's so much. What a great Starbucks commercial, though. So much Starbucks in this movie. Yeah. I will say, though, that kind of crowd in a Midtown Starbucks is accurate. It is. Yeah. Uh, But one, one thing that she did... I was trying to figure out where she was driving from because when she leaves her house, you can see the uh, the Empire State Building Mm -hmm. in the distance. Mm -hmm. So she's either in Queens Mm -hmm. or in New Jersey. (laughs) I thought Queens, based on her accent, but could be Jersey. But then she's driving a little West 12th Street, which is all the way over on the west side by the highway. And I recognize the the street there because it's in the meatpacking district. Uh And I just went to an outdoor restaurant there. Yeah. Two of them actually fairly recently. And let me tell you, the meatpacking district has changed a lot in 20 years. Oh, yeah. Like, if she's coming from Queens, she wouldn't be over there. And she certainly wouldn't be over there on her way to Midtown. But anyway, whatever. Yeah. (laughs) Now I feel like I have to know where the New York City FBI headquarters is. Ooh, yes, please find out. I have found out, but it means nothing to me because I know nothing about New York. What is it? It's like... It's like the Brooklyn Bridge is right there. Okay, so it's okay, yeah, Lower downtown. Manhattan. Yeah, yeah, it's it's, it's like the Manhattan. financial district, basically, right? Yes, that it's in Lower Manhattan. Yeah, Civic Center. It's probably in. City Hall area. Yeah, yeah, that would make sense. Oh yeah. yeah. So is that near there? No, no. So she went into a very out of the way Starbucks. I don't know what Starbucks looks like down there twenty years ago. Yeah. So. <laughs> fair, fair enough. <laughs> Maybe not Midtown. Okay, so now. 
She's at work, and boy, is she in trouble with her boss. Man, he's so mad at her for really extra screwing up the terrible op he planned. She's going to have to do paperwork for a really long time until the review board meets. Right. She has a really cute argument, though, with Benjamin Bratt yes, about does. whether she argues, and I really like that. They're, they have a lot of good chemistry. For not having, like, a lot of romance in this movie, the romance that they have is, like, very potent, and, like, their chemistry is very good. Yeah. Like, why yeah. don't we have a bigger career? Like, where is Benjamin Bratt? Where has he been? Is he a dick in real life or something? I don't know. Like, he's super hot and good in this movie. So, apparently, Matt Dillon was originally cast in this role. No! Um, no. And this real reaction to that that is no. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I'm really glad mm-hmm. Ben Bratt, you know, took over. Yes. He yeah. took the helm on this one. But once again, a terrible FBI agent because <laughs> they get the letter. They're all looking over the letter. And the main guy, McDonald, is like, okay, listen, Eric, whose last name I don't remember. Matthews. You've been wanting to run an op. For your first, for your, for five years at the Bureau. (laughs) Sir, you have been at the FBI for five years and you haven't run an op? Like, how bad at this job are you? But they tell him he did such a good job the night before that he's earned this. And I was like, a good job doing what? Running around the back of the building and hitting a guy in the head with a trash can? He really looked homeless. Like, he looked very homeless. He collected so many cans for the FBI. Yeah, 75 cents worth. (laughs) They were like, you've got your budget for this op that you're now going to (laughs) run. Yeah, basically. (laughs) And also, like... A stadium and a shipyard have been bombed in New York City. We're just now putting an investigative lead on this case. Like, has no one been investigating that? Like, is there not already a team on this case? (laughs) Apparently not. No. No, the citizen has been small potatoes until they have come after this pageant. And then it's like top of the list, you know? Yeah. All right. There's this whole bar scene which is just just there so that she can eat ice cream, a pint of ice cream. She can slouch. She can be in the biggest, manliest clothes and the biggest, clunkiest shoes. And then Benjamin loved Bratt it. can come in. Not apologizing. <laughs> loved it. No, I loved, loved it, too. It. Well, she says, give me a pint. And he's like, you sure? And she's like, yeah. And he, then he gives her the pint of Ben and Jerry's. Ben uh-huh. And you're like, okay, that's a good gag. Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah, so it's good. good. And when he walks in with the young blonde girl and she's like trying to order and she orders a white wine spritzer mm-hmm. and like and she's whispering milk. Give her milk. Like, <laughs> really funny. Yeah, it's good. Well, because she says she's an undergrad at Vassar, and I was like, Oh, you're young. Mm-hmm. Very young. Yeah. Yeah. A lot younger than Benjamin Bratt. Right. Uh-huh. Yes. Most and definitely. He's helping her get an inside look on the FBI for her like term paper or something and like listen uh, the dick is very in the pants you know that's like (laughs) as inside really as you can get I think Uh uh if I were doing a paper on the FBI I bet she's helping you get an inside look too it's good the the (laughs) side comments are very good and it establishes that she's jealous of this girl for no reason it is it does and it establishes that he doesn't see her as a woman or viable <laughs> romantic <laughs> partner. He won't. <laughs> At all. At all. <laughs> so, okay. okay. So she has d- figured out because she's this. Oh, hey, HBs. I don't know if you've heard, but we have a Patreon. 
For as little as $5 a month, you get over 150 bonus episodes, most of which include Aaron, videos of regular episodes, author hangouts, and so much more. Do you want to hear Aaron and I recap every single episode of Crash Landing on you? What about a little film called Psycho Stripper? Do you want more recaps of ridiculous Thanksgiving and other holiday books and movies? And how do you feel about Naima Simone and I recapping amazing reality TV? All of that and more is on the Patreon. There's so much content at your fingertips as soon as you sign up. Seriously, hours and hours. Anyway, it's patreon.com forward slash heaving bosoms podcast if you want to check it out. And of course, that link is in the show notes. Keep being a badass. Smartest one in the FBI and nobody will see it. She's figured out that it's the Miss USA pageant. But so did the guys down in the decoding so the department. rest of the FBI. Yeah. <laughs> um, I have a big thing to talk about here. Yes. Bing, bong, bong. When she rushes in to tell them that it's the Miss United States pageant and mm-hmm. she's like rushing past all the cubicles and stuff, she is wearing a huge corsage, like a prom corsage. What? She is. You noticed this too. I did. And I was like, what, what are you wearing? What is that? <laughs> it's got oranges on it. It's crazy. I can only yeah. imagine it. it's from a scene that was cut. That yeah, like she probably had to like go stop somewhere and was like dressed inappropriately. So they like pinned some flowers on her. Whoa. I don't know what it was, but it was I don't know. insane. <laughs> yeah. And then they Good were also on. talking about real restaurants. They were talking about like Wohops, which is this uh, restaurant town in Chinatown that I used to go to not quite in the year 2000, but definitely like 2001. <laughs> cool. Like in the middle of the night, we would go there after nice. going to internet cafes to play video games. <laughs> <laughs> That's so cute. What a time. What a time <sighs> to be alive. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> okay. All right. So then they have a meeting. Yeah. They're going to have a meeting where they where they're developing the op plan and she's like in the back like reading a magazine so that she can like interject things. She's the only woman except for a lady in the corner taking notes, oh, which boy. is very funny to me. So I wrote down there's another lady in the background, but I guess since she's older, we're not supposed to pay attention to her. Nope. Don't look at her. Invisible. Don't look at her. She doesn't <laughs> exist. <laughs> so she interjects very like high octane, very uh, very astute and clever ideas such as call the pageant <laughs> maybe maybe call them call the television network mm-hmm. what if we did an undercover mm-hmm. and they're like whoa they're, she's blowing our minds with these ideas like, these are the dumbest people in the world <laughs> yeah that's like step one okay. right you have to liaise with the with the people that's what i learned in right. that mcdonald's so, documentary <laughs> yeah liaise with the people yeah so they decide they need somebody to be in the pageant so that they can have somebody on stage at all times. All times. They want an FBI agent. <laughs> <laughs> they they can't they can't accomplish this operation <laughs> of protecting this beauty pageant mm-hmm. unless mm-hmm. they have someone on stage in heels, blinded by lights, mm-hmm. completely unable to observe what's going on or maneuver in any way, no glued to the spot, with no vest. Th- they cannot do it unless they have no, that person. They couldn't put 
anybody in security. They couldn't make anybody a PA. They couldn't put anybody in the props department. You couldn't give someone a headset and a clipboard (laughs) to get backstage. No, No, they had to be in a bikini. Oh my God, it's so At the end, like moving forward, like when when she's now top five and they've lost their team and it's just her and Eric, like, you know, going (laughs) for it. And they're like, okay, we have to find Frank. We have to do this. We have to do that. And like Vic's like, no, you have the evening gowns. And she's like, mm-hmm. gotta go. Okay, we have to go do the evening. It's like this is a detriment to the operation. Like, I mean, you she had, she had technically quit by that point. Yeah, she's she all, she's only beauty queen now. Yeah, she's professional no beauty queen. Yes. <laughs> Oh my gosh! No, we can't. We can't find the bomb. We must do the swimsuit competition right now. (laughs) Sorry, she's part of the choreography. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Oh my god. Okay, but then going back. Oh yeah, go back. We get this scene. I don't know how I never quite noticed this part before. There's this like incredible FBI software that they have. (laughs) 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 They have two computer screens up, and on one of them, they're calling up. You know. Was it something like FBI agents under 30 or under 35 or female? Something along those lines. And then on the other, the guy was like, here's the dress up Sally website that my daughter uses. That's basically like Barbie. Oh, yeah. And then somehow (laughs) their amazing equipment (laughs) merges these two sites so that they can put the FBI agents into different outfits and bathing suits, including Mm -hmm. the men. Yeah. Which one of these sites do you think had naked pictures of the FBI agents? Right. So that when they move from being in suits to being in swimsuits <laughs> and like fun dresses, mm-hmm. they know like they know exactly what the cleavage looks like and the yep. sinewiness of Benjamin Bratt's biceps and like forearms. <laughs> like where did that intel come from? Like when you go to the F when you start your job at the FBI, do they take a full naked picture of you just standing there <laughs> looking straight ahead? Well, I mean, Aaron, you're you've been in law enforcement before. Isn't that in your jacket? You know, just like the file that's on everyone. <laughs> There's no nudes. In case they need to, like, identify you or something. Yeah. Um, if that exists, <laughs> I was unaware. <laughs> well, apparently a lot of these people in this room were unaware as well because their boss walks in. Right. Oh, boy. Yeah. yeah. Right as they're doing it on him. Yeah. <laughs> on Ernie Hudson. No one yeah. even thinks of the possibility that she's hot. Like, it's no. nuts. And she's right there. And th- But this is, like, the only movie where it's, like, she is legit disgusting at the beginning. Like, she's, she's like, pretty – the hair is in her face the whole time. All like, the time. I can kind of see where they don't notice how hot she is. Like, I mean, kinda. but here's the problem with that. I'm sorry. I have to call shenanigans on this whole hair situation you got your fbi time here i come so we're meant to believe that this woman who does not care what she looks like great she only cares about function and doing her job we are meant to believe that her choice all the time is to always have her eyes covered with her hair sometimes she's got a full low ponytail but she has just pulled out the two strands in the front that hinge in her get into her she eyes. She doesn't have time to That's not get a it thing. out of her face. No. She doesn't have time <laughs> to pull it into the... 
<laughs> if she was just like in a slick back ponytail the whole time, I would be with them. But this whole like pigtails with your everything in your face, go fuck yourself. This woman has not <laughs> thought about pigtails since her mom put them in her hair when she was 11. All right. Yes. That's way too much effort. Anyway, and that that's mom my... died, and this is a memorial to her, and how dare you? <laughs> her pigtails right, okay. are a memorial to her dead FBI mom. <laughs> I, I do have a note in here that says, I think she's wearing a wig. She <laughs> also, that. In the scenes where her hair is terrible, I think it's, it's I, I think that's actually a wig where mm-hmm. it is her hair later. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think because, of course, Sandra Bullock is a beautiful woman. Yes. God. Yes. Like, it did look gorgeous. like a wig. And it, it, it drives you nuts how in her, her face it is all the time, especially when yeah. she's yeah. eating and it, like, gets in her mouth. Ugh. Ugh. Um, okay. Yeah. So they find out that she is, in fact, hot. Now we get a wrestling scene. The wrestling scene is so good. All right. Okay. Again, there is a lot of – there are some problematic moments, but I do love yes. a sexy wrestling argument. In the, in the gym. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing. I've chosen to believe <laughs> that these two... I Listen, hi. Good morning. Good afternoon. Yeah. Good evening to you guys. I'm with you. I have chosen to believe that these two are like besties and are familiar with each other in this way where it's not harassing. Yeah. Because that it is how I it I think felt. that's pretty clear. I wish she would have smacked his ass a couple of times. Yeah. Like, I, right, I wish please. he would have done it back to him, but yeah. it did feel familiar in a way that, like, they spar a lot. They're okay physically yeah. touching each other in a friend way. It's true. She never seems uncomfortable with him mm-hmm. or, like, Mm-mm. threatened by him or anything like that throughout the movie. So I, I think that's goes a long way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was more talking about the fact that she kept on being like, you know, oh, is it a woman thing? Is it like, I'm not parading around in a thong, blah, blah, blah. And then he says, don't kid yourself. Nobody thinks of you like that. I loved it when she pins him oh. with her legs like around his head. Oh, so yes. she's like uh-huh. kind of sitting on his face a little bit. That part um, was great. <laughs> <laughs> I'm convinced now that Game of Thrones stole this like last maneuver from her when the mountain <laughs> in Pascal. You're yeah. right. I loved it. I loved that last ass slap. I loved everything about oh. it. Well, but then there's a couple lines that lead up to that last ass slap that are really good. So I wrote them down. <gasps> Tell right. us everything. Where she says, because he's trying to convince her to do this pageant now. And she goes, where am I going to put my gun? And he goes, no place I want to know about. <laughs> and they're like entwined in each other on the floor. <laughs> it's utterly so charming. You yes. know? <laughs> he is, he's just so charming the whole time. Like when they walk into, they're walking into the pageant next. And he's talking about how he dated a young Miss Scarsdale once. Like, that's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I once again, now. he dates very young women. Yes, he does. Yes. 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 So they go and they talk to Murphy Brown and <laughs> Captain Kirk at they are the pageant people. That's who they are. And they're like, we need to get an FBI agent in there. And the way that we're going to do it is we're going to out the current Miss New Jersey as a porn star because 2000. Yeah. <laughs> Come Although, on. There is a moment where they're like, oh, we found out that she was in that movie. And I was like, so what? Let her, you know, do what she's got to do. And then William Shatner goes, was that her? Yeah. 
<laughs> he is fantastic in this. He's they are both fantastic. Yeah. His like announcer voice is perfect. Like when mm. he's like California. Like they're so it's so good. It's Texas. So good. <laughs> <laughs> and Candace Burton's line when she's like, I'd rather cancel the pageant than have one of them blown up. <laughs> Just like yeah, of course. And then he goes, especially without their knowledge. <laughs> They're both fantastic. There's a moment in that scene. There's actually some really good cinematography shots mm-hmm. in the scene and one of the in the movie, but one of them is in the scene where Candace Bergen stands up and there's all the pictures of previous winners behind her and where she's standing, you can see the crown behind her. Uh-huh. And it's just it's good foreshadowing. It's good. Yeah, and it's also because she, she, I loved it because she stands up for no reason <laughs> as if she knows that yes. they're going to see that crown on What's her, her head. Office, and of right? course she did. Yeah. yeah. Like, so she could have placed, so she maybe good. placed that there so that when she stands, <laughs> it's like that. Oh, it's beautiful. I also, I love the physical comedy Sandra Bullock does in this movie is so good. But like one of my favorite moments is when they ask if they have anyone in mind and she like raises her hand, just like with one <laughs> finger, like me. Like, guy. It's so good. It's so good. <laughs> like the little stuff like that is so great about this movie. Yeah. Okay. So now we meet Michael Caine. Oh, now we're right? graced with Michael Caine. Oh, he's great. Yeah. He's going to be the pageant consultant that is going to make her beautiful and walk in heels mm-hmm. is what he's going to do. He agrees to the lunch. I think I think it's implied he agrees to the lunch because A, the FBI is paying, but also Benjamin Brad is there. And he does this like yeah. grab his shoulder and lean in situation. And then suddenly, because you guys, because Benjamin no Brad is not gay. He's not gay. Super <laughs> duper straight. He has to leave the whole lunch because he's been touched on the shoulder by a gay man. Literally tripping over himself to get yep. out of this restaurant. Yeah. yeah. Like, he stops doing his job because a gay man touched his shoulder. (laughs) It's true. It's terrible. It's absolutely true. Yeah. Um, Anyway, so the physical comedy continues because Sandra Bullock has never eaten like this in her life. It's amazing. She makes such a mess out of that steak. Oh, it's so good. I was like, like, what else is that even on the plate? I thought they were like onions, but I think they were the fries, but they were just so messy. They were mangled. They were like onion fries. They were the curly onions, the, you know, the onion oh, straws. Oh, oh. Onion oh yeah, maybe, maybe that's what it was. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, I don't even recognize this as food anymore. That's no. what I mean about like this character. Like, I feel like in a lot of romantic comedies, it's like glasses to no glasses. And it's like, right. oh, she trips sometimes, which she does trip a lot, but they're like full face plant falls. Yes. You know, I feel like this is one of the few like ugly to pretty romantic comedy movies where at the beginning, like, She's legit disgusting. Like, watching her eat this meal was legit disgusting. <laughs> it is. I can see why none of these guys noticed how hot she is. She spends the whole time, like, picking at her teeth and chewing with her mouth, oh. like, talk, oh, talking yeah. with her mouth full and and the hair again. The um, hair. She, she really plays it up. She is a great actress. Yeah, she really is. So he is, we find out that he is a wash-up 
because like a few years ago, one of his pageant queens just froze, right? Yeah, she said she froze up and she said that she froze up because he he was like too demanding of her and he was a perfectionist and he just yeah made her nuts. Yeah. And so then he couldn't get work again. Right. And so they go outside and he tries to teach her how to glide on the sidewalk and it's wonderful. When she does the like I'm gliding here mm-hmm. move with the cab, if you watch mm-hmm. Michael Caine, he cracks and it's so He does. Funny. He has to put his like, hand totally in front cracks. of his mouth because he's laughing so hard. That. There really is a good funny. line there too though where he says, I haven't seen a walk like that since Jurassic Park. (laughs) (laughs) And he's not wrong. She shakes water glasses everywhere just Uh because she stomps so hard. (laughs) And she was wearing flare jeans, I noticed. And sneakers. I I noticed the sneakers because I was like, I couldn't walk like pretty in those beat up sneakers. And flare jeans. Flare jeans. They're back. I did a middle Not part. Not for this guy. I don't, I don't know how. I can't keep up, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So now we're on the plane watching. Well, first we get a little hint of the bomber again. So oh, we're getting these villain POV scenes where mm-hmm. the citizen or whoever mm-hmm. is planning for their attack on the beauty pageant. Mm-hmm. Then we get the airplane with the FBI. Yes. And she's like practicing. She's watching footage of other contestants and like mimicking like when they're like, ah, and mm-hmm. like that her in the background of when Benjamin Pratt <laughs> and Michael Caine are having their, their scene is so good. But I also noticed to get so Michael Caine is standing. Yeah. Benjamin Bratt is sitting. To get Michael Caine's attention, Benjamin Bratt spanks him on the ass. Did you mm-hmm. notice this? Yes. Oh, Sir, I didn't see that. What are your signals? Like, I don't He's understand. A... Are you no, homophobic? Are... Or are you slapping Michael Caine on the ass, sir? Listen, he his middle name is Mixed Signals. I guess. I guess. You know. And, you know, it's not like a slap, but he definitely like taps him to get his attention. I'm like, listen. Anyway. Yeah. yeah, it was a it was a booty pat. And Michael Caine says that with enough work, she'll be ready for the best trailer park. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but now we have a beauty sequence because the FBI oh. has an army of beauticians just on call. What she refers to at the end as uh, federal manicurists. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> really when when Candace Byrne is like, you know, I did this, I made you beautiful, and she's like, no, that was Vic and a team of federal manicurists. <laughs> are these people there is this warehouse it's like this this hangar that is just full of like fbi makeover equipment like a a tanning bed and like a dental service and hair washing station Uh uh-huh waxing everything to suspend disbelief for this because it was so funny. Like this was hilarious. This is hilarious. There's like there's some kind of sound system where people are like manicurist to table four. Yeah. <laughs> <Yes. laughs> and then there's this moment where the guys are all like checking their guns and she comes out and they've just like done her bikini wax and she's yeah. she's like running away. <laughs> she's just yeah, she's hobbling away. Hobbling, yeah. <laughs> So then she comes out and there's a fan on Iconic. her. And oh. she's wearing that. This blue oh, bandage oh, dress. is like bandage dress. This was so good. the dress of the early 2000s. Like, this is the oh. coolest moment. I loved it. And Mustang she's Sally strutting. Is 
like Sandra Bullock. Yes. Not like Gracie, you know? <laughs> right. <sighs> and then the fall is so good. The way she the like shakes before she falls. Like, you can see the heel moving. Oh, it's yeah. so good. And, and then she's got her classic line. I am in a dress. I have gel in my hair. I haven't slept all night. I'm starved and I'm armed. Don't mess with me. <laughs> and then she falls on her face. <laughs> and the hero sees her for the first time. Yeah. <sighs> and he is practically drooling. Yeah. yeah. She's not just my male friend who I'm not attracted to because I'm not gay. She's a woman <laughs> for the first time ever. It's true. But then she shows up to the pageant and she makes a bunch of faux pas. She, like, you know, breaks up a, a, um, a disagreement between some pageant ladies at the table. With a not great joke. With a super yeah, gross super, joke. Super, super lame joke. But she needed mm-hmm. to do something in the moment. But we missed when she's in the dressing room and the yeah. FBI agents can see all the ladies and they're like eating popcorn and like hooting at all of the naked ladies oh, in the yeah. dressing room that they can yeah. see with the video. One oh, yeah. of them says, look at all the hoochie mamas. Like, yeah. is that something people say out yeah. loud? I hope not. And you would hope that the FBI wouldn't oh, be saying that during Operation Thong. Which is what Benjamin Bratt called it. But here we are. Here we are. Right, Benjamin? It's your first op. Can (laughs) you work better? Be better. Yeah. (laughs) So at this breakfast, she finds out that they are firing William Shatner, which is a motive, I guess. But again, the citizen wouldn't be some... If they're looking for the citizen, they (laughs) need to also have a motive for for the the shipyard and the Uh stadium. Friends, it wouldn't be somebody. I don't understand. <laughs> they have like a very narrow view of this case. I just wish that they had at the beginning been like because they hadn't cracked the codes of the other right. uh, letters. So maybe because they cracked the code so easy, like maybe somebody at the beginning could have been like, maybe it's a copycat, and then it would have been solved. Friends, yeah. like anyway, and then the, the whole I'm movie would have made sense. <laughs> Yeah, but anyway. we also get a dance practice, a group dance number where Sandra Bullock is just incredible, being a bad dancer. It's I so charming. Have something very important to say about this. Oh my god, tell me everything. In the dance montage, mm-hmm. everyone is dancing except for this one woman in the back. Where I, I implore you both, please, please go back and watch this. There's one woman standing in the back with a black baseball cap that says Miss North Carolina on it. Sorry, I hit my microphone. I'm so excited. (laughs) Miss North Carolina, and she's just standing there, just looking straight at the camera, Miss North Carolina, and everyone else is dancing in front of her. It's like she doesn't know she's in the scene. I almost wonder if they had, like, hats for the extras so that they knew which one was which. It's like she doesn't know they're filming. She might just be the stand-in. Yeah, Yeah. who knows? I don't know. But the the baseball cap that just says Miss North Carolina is hilarious. (laughs) I beg you all to go back and rewatch that. Okay, I can't wait. I'm going to. Okay, so now Miss Rhode Island stops by her room with that free hot chocolate. And she's like, Oh my gosh, you're so smart and you're so cool and you're so wonderful and you're totally going to win. That's why you're going to win. I love when she comes to the door and Cinder Bullock answers and is like, I was grooming. That was a great line. (laughs) 
Oh, it's so good. It's lovely. She finally gets to sleep and she's awakened by more training that she needs to do. These nighttime trainings mm-hmm. that happen in the theater. Yeah. So Benjamin mm-hmm. Bratt comes and gets her from the room after Cheryl finally leaves. Uh, and this is where they practice walking. <laughs> yeah. And this is the moment where she's walking and like her thighs are kind of pressed together, but her ankles are really far apart. And Michael Caine is like, what in the world are you doing? So she's like, oh, fine. So she like reaches up under her dress and pulls out like a pile of weapons. <laughs> and armor. And she's handing them to him. <laughs> It's so good. And he says, what, no armored car? And she says, that would be my other dress. (laughs) The moment he figures out that she has no talent, and then he goes to Benjamin Bratt and yells, this woman has no talent. So funny. Well, and then Benjamin Bratt says, don't say that right in front of her. (laughs) Come on. He says, look how gorgeous she is. Look how gorgeous she is compared to the car wreck she was before. (laughs) But there's a pause. There's a notable romance pause in there. Look how gorgeous she is, dot, dot, dot. And then to cover, because Howie's in love with her, she says, compared to the car wreck she was before. He (laughs) has very suddenly fallen for her. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's it's very sudden. It's very romance comedy movie. Listen, she tries to escape with donuts in her bra. <laughs> and in her crotch. And in her crotch. Michael Caine is not fooled, and neither is that bomb-sniffing dog. <laughs> it's so good. Oh, my gosh. There are some not great jokes in this all- scene as well, but for the most yeah. part, pretty fun. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so then they're walking back to the room. And she's like, oh, no, I, I know you think I'm gorgeous. And he's like, Bruh, I don't even know what you're talking about. And this is when she does the iconic, you think I'm gorgeous. You want to kiss me. You want to smooch me. It's so cute. I love it. I know. I saw this on a listicle of like most cringeworthy scenes in romance movies. Like, of course, I clicked on what? most cringeworthy, like BuzzFeed, whatever, whatever. Most cringy scenes in romance movies. It's like, how dare you? Like, this wasn't cringy. It was like disagree. Got secondhand embarrassment from her little thing, and I'm like, no. I love her song. No, and I was thoroughly charmed. How dare you, BuzzFeed or whatever? And so was Benjamin Bratt because then, like you said, yeah. he loons in. And we have an almost kiss, but then he reaches up with a candy bar and takes a big bite because they're keeping sweets away from her. Yes. It's so mean. It's so deliciously mean. mean. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Actually, I non-ironically sing that song to my partner. So, you know, that that tracks. It's just what I've got going on over here. I do, too. (laughs) I no one. (laughs) I do it, too. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Okay. And then the girls in the dressing room, this is when they're like, whoa, look at those titties or whatever. Like, you're professional law enforcement officers. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, yeah. And they're slut shaming in the re- dressing room, too. It's like a double slut shame. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because she's in there with her little lapel pin camera. So she goes backstage and, like, all of the FBI horn dogs are watching and commenting. Mm-hmm. On these women's bodies. And then one of the girls is like, there was a boy in her room last Texas. night. It's Texas. It's, it's always te- yeah, Texas. Texas. I saw it that is. man big that came into your room last <laughs> and night. And then Calif- I think it was California was like, are you sleeping with a judge? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love California. 
California. All the like another way you can tell that this is a 2000 movie is how aggressively Rhode Island is flipping her hair out so that it makes it like a perfect oh, yeah. flipped out curl all the way around. And she's not the only one. Like they are really getting that curl in there. Mm-hmm. So she goes out on this thing of like, oh, that's just some loser that like I tried to date because he told me he had a debilitating illness, but it turned out not to be true. <laughs> and his ego is huge, but his equipment is small. And then, like, he's uh-huh. getting humiliated back with the FBI. And he's guys. like, "Oh yeah, we <laughs> we workshop that together. Yeah, it's so. something we worked out ahead of time last night. <laughs> it's fine." And now it's prelims. Yes. So they're in an outdoor stage, which I didn't know was a thing. And they're doing the all their talents. They're at the Alamo. She plays. Yeah. No, I know that, but <laughs> just outdoor stage seems wrong. <laughs> You're trying to get all those beauty queens to melt in the Texas heat? Get stopped. Fair enough. So anyway, she's playing the water glasses in her little Dutch girl outfit. And then she's convinced that there's a shooter out in the audience and nobody's getting to him in time. And so she does leap off the stage to tackle him. He was trying to light a cigarette. Um, it's a great there's leap. A, it's incredible. It's a really good Epic leap. leap. Yes. And to be fair, the guy does have a gun. Yeah. Is reaching for it, is moving closer to the stage. Yeah. None of these these other guys that we have on rooftops, <laughs> Benjamin Brett, like no one can see this guy. They're like, her. huh? Where is he? And I just have to mm-hmm. note if you needed an agent to have her view from the stage, there were several pageant employees standing behind her, just like hanging out in yep. polos that could easily cover a vest with mics. With visible mics. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like trying to ventriloquist like while she's doing the like, there's a guy. and try- <laughs> If she were just one of those guys behind her with the mic, she could have been just like, hey, there's a guy. Just talking. And they wouldn't have even had to tweeze her eyebrows for that. Right. And we wouldn't have had a movie. <laughs> hey, HBs. I started an Etsy store. Did you know? Right now, it's full of all the St. Vincent items you need. Because St. Vincent is thoughtful and cozy all year round. We've got a book sleeve to keep your books, planners, e-readers, or really anything else safe when you're on the go. The inside is fuzzy and they feel so incredibly lush in your hands. I went round and round with the manufacturers to make sure I had just the right thickness. Those feature art of St. Vincent and Evie during their carriage adventure that was painted by the amazing Mayara Faraz on one side, and then I created a St. Vincent Would Always wreath on the other side that has a bunch of little Easter egg items in it. There's a St. Vincent Would Always warm brick enamel pin. It's like, you know, if you know, you know. I designed a special edition marriage of convenience candle that is specific to Devil in Winter with the help of HB Jen at Post Pouring Company. It combines dark amber for St. Vincent and rosewood for Evie. And it smells so delicious. It's hard to even wrap my brain around. So if you want to treat yourself or be the St. Vincent you want to see in the world by getting a care package for a friend, check out our Etsy store. The link is in the show notes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so while I was watching it, uh, 
I was watching, I guess I rented it from Amazon. So there were like little fun facts on the side. And apparently open carry was illegal the year this movie came out. Was illegal? Really? Illegal. In Texas? Yeah. Like just having it out like that was illegal. Huh. In the state of Texas, though. Yeah. Open carry was not legal until 2015. Now you can do that. That's shocking to me. That's a justified arrest. Then good. Good for her that she did that. Yeah. There you go. He was a lawbreaker through and through. Through and through. That guy. Okay, so now Murphy Brown threatens to kill her. Not for She does her great speech about feminist intellectuals and ugly women. (laughs) She's been battling her entire life. (laughs) (sighs) Yeah. Yes. And she's like, I have dedicated my life to fighting those women with this scholarship program and then she threatens to kill her (laughs) and no one takes it seriously (laughs) a woman who she knows is an fbi agent yeah totally it's great and when she tells them later she also threatens to kill me they're like like what do you know (laughs) yeah it's amazing so tonight's interview practice oh my god she's so tired she's so sleepy she hasn't slept in so long i was tired for her yeah even brat is watching from the hotel room the interview practice surveillance style. And nope, this is true. And then says to his friends, I've got to go blow off some steam because stuff is going so bad. I'm going to go do laps. Be back in 15 minutes. (laughs) What? Who in the world has ever swam from, from being dry in a hotel room to back in the hotel room dry again? 15 minutes yeah nobody in the no history one. of the world anyway yeah. i just also if you're an fbi agent running the op and you're just like oh i gotta flip some laps be back <laughs> like i guess no wonder he makes has make sense because you should not leave for longer than that yeah <laughs> but this is a great scene though aside from mm-hmm. the liberace joke yes yes and it is a way to get his shirt off which is important right and, and very important in the pool. yes to me personally yeah so they're doing the interview prep and she's fucking exhausted and Mm -hmm. she's like leave me alone i just need like 20 minutes of sleep and he's very like you have to do this she makes a great new jersey joke that as you know a person who currently lives in new jersey i really appreciated and then he's like don't you have any pride don't you care about your presentation and she says i'm an fbi agent not a performing monkey in heels and then he says, you're a person and a half-formed one at that. Where other people have friendships and relationships, you have sarcasm and a gun. Oh, it's mean. And it cuts deep. And so she does pull a gun on him when he tries to take away her King. donut. Yeah. yeah. She cocks it and puts uh-huh. it to his head. It's yeah. a lot. <laughs> yeah. But it's just not. And walked out. She didn't need to threaten his life by yeah. putting a gun to his head. That was, that was a little extreme. It was too much. Listen, as a person who needs sleep, I mm-hmm. saw where she was coming from. And she's very hungry as well, which I she's know. She's so hungry. There's like donuts everywhere That's and they never me. let her have one. I have never met anyone in my life meaner <laughs> than when Melody is hungry. No one. She's so mean when she's hungry. I really am one of those stupid Snickers commercials. Like, I'm unrecognizable. It's it's insane. 
But if she's going to get fired for anything, I feel like pointing a loaded gun at the expert's head and threatening him would be the thing most that she would get fired for. But then... They, but she also has this – she also has that great line that's like, you have no idea why I am the way that I am. And if yeah. they kept that mom story in there, it would have yes. been so much better. Yeah. That makes more sense now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So they have this great pool scene, which oh. was – which is it, – it, I don't know. I just love this pool scene. This I, know, he looks, I am the job scene. Mm-hmm. He looks pretty good in that pool too. He does. Oh, God. He looks so good. So she goes out there and she's like, I just want to let you know I'm quitting. And he's like, what? No, of course you can't do that. You can't quit. And she's like, Vic just said some things that are very true to me, and I didn't <laughs> like it. And she talks about, like, being the job and, like, everybody thinks she's never had a date and all the things. And then she's like, you're she the job? She has had two She's dates. had two in the last yeah. ten years. Thank you very much. And so he's like, do you want to know why I picked you? And, and she says, lost a bet. And he goes... <laughs> Because you're smart, you don't take any crap from people, you're funny, you're easy to talk to when you're not armed. (laughs) If everyone else gets a chance to see what I see, they're going to love you. Which is very sweet. Except that Mm -hmm. we know... He didn't pick her for those reasons. Like, we saw the scene. Like, we were there. So was she. There was literally no one else. And that's why he picked her. We were there. But it's very sweet. He does compliment her, at least. Yes. And then he does pull her into the pool. And then he throws her in the pool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, it's I, I love her voice. Like, she's so cold. Oh like, you can feel the cold in her voice. And she's like, ooh, you're in trouble now. <laughs> trouble. So good. <laughs> And he says, you look good wet. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I would not have minded a little pool wrestling there, too. but Right? Uh, yeah, oh, that would have been can't have everything. So then the next day in the dressing room, when oh. Vic is putting the boobs in her boobs, mm-hmm. he stands in front of the TV and is like, hey, we're not going to oogle her because <laughs> she's a federal agent. She's a federal These agent. These other sluts, it's Do whatever fine. you want with them. <laughs> but this right. one... <laughs> Is an important federal agent that we can't Google. He has yeah. finally realized that maybe objectifying the woman that he works with. Yeah, just the just the one though. But just her. Yeah. 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 No holds barred on the rest of them. Okay, so then she does the interview question. Everybody does, it's a montage of world peace. And then she he's like, What does this society need? And she goes, Well, harsher punishments for parole violators, Stan. And then there's like crickets. And she goes, and world peace. (laughs) So good. And then we have now now Cheryl's a suspect because Cheryl Rhode Island is a suspect because one time she went to an animal rights something something, Mm -hmm. which isn't great. Like, don't be a part of a terrorist organization. Right. But again, the shipyard. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever. So then we get this great. April 25th. Oh, thing, God. It's which one apparently, of the most iconic according lines. to when I was Googling things like what is the what is the Russian at the beginning, I found out that this was a real pageant answer that really happened at some point. Really? I saw that too, but I wasn't sure. It said it was used as one. So I wasn't sure if it had happened in the past, so they used it for the movie or somebody in the future. Oh. I, I wasn't sure. The thing that I read said it was like modeled after a real thing that happened. Okay, so I assumed, so- but maybe, mm-hmm, I'll have to do more research on that. But it's fine. I love it. Good. It's a great line. Yeah. And Cheryl is actually so sweet. 
Yeah. I really felt like when I watched this back in 2000, when I was, you know, whatever, 12. Yeah. I felt like she was an airhead. And now looking back, I really want to be friends with Cher. I just want to find somebody that sweet and nice (laughs) to be my friend. (laughs) I know. And also, it's so clear that Cheryl has never had, like, a real friend before who believes in her. So Gracie's just like, well, if you want to do that thing, you should do it. And she's like, wow, nobody ever said that to me before. And I'm like, oh, you poor girl. It's so sweet. So they're like, she's a suspect now. You have to do girl talk at her. And she's like, I don't know how to girl talk. And then they're like, Michael Caine, maybe you should go do the the girl talk. Come on, everyone. Anyway, and then then we've got an eating disorder joke that I did not Uh. love. (laughs) Oh, but it comes right after the autism joke. It's a real real lineup right here. Yeah, so she comes in with uh, pizza and beer because this is how she's going to do girl talk at a beauty pageant. And she takes out her earpiece so that all of the FBI guys can't listen because she can't do girl talk with a guy in her head, she says. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. She says she can barely do it with her in her head, which I found exactly. very cute. Anyway, where's this bar? Uh, where can we go? To, where is bar? I want to paint drum real where bad. Where can I drum on paint drum at? No, where can I, I want to do tubes? that. Yeah. Want it. Want it. Anyway. Need it. Maybe we'll throw that party. She is such a good undercover, you guys. Ugh, so good. This pizza is so good. It should be illegal, comma, speaking of illegal, (laughs) have you ever committed a crime? (laughs) Wow. Just aces. Just crackerjack police Mm -hmm. work right there. I mean, in her defense, her interrogation subject is hammered. So, you know. (laughs) True. (laughs) Yeah. And also kind of naive to begin with. True. True. I mean, it. It works. What I love about this scene is that you get to see Gracie bonding with this like core group of pageant girls. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I have a hard time calling them girls either. Like also because yeah, they are all clearly older than I think typical pageant girls yeah, are in right. this kind of thing. Normal Miss America contestants are like in their very early 20s. Like they're college mm-hmm. students, right? Yeah, yeah. They're still college yeah. students. And none of these women look like college these students. These women are 30. Which is fine though. Yeah, but no, I preferred it. It's, it's great. Me too. Yeah. But it's it's really nice to actually see them bonding and see different sides to these characters. And it felt very um, like heroine's journey. Yeah, mm-hmm. it really did. But when she asked her, she did something illegal. She talks about stealing red underwear. And then she talks about a crime that happened against her oh. as if she did something wrong and illegal. And it's just so awful. Well, so first she says... One time I stole red underwear from the department store. My mother wouldn't buy them for me. She said they were Satan's panties. Mm, I loved it. I love it. So that's a great line. But then, yes, she reveals that she was assaulted by her uh, college lit professor. Yeah. Which is And she's never told anyone until now because she's never had a fucking friend. And then instead of of FBI agent Sandra Bullock being like, well, you've just reported it. Because we're gonna, we're gonna. Fa- She's like, there's maneuvers I could show you. Right. Because the problem was that you just couldn't fight him off. You hard didn't enough. defend here yourself some, well enough. Yeah. Here are some maneuvers. Ooh. Not great. Ugh, Not great. Yeah. But then she passes out, and then in the bathroom where they're trying to revive Miss Rhode Island, <laughs> um, she finds out that Kathy Morningside. Murphy Brown, AKA Candace yeah. Bergen, yes, <laughs> yes. was uh, fired. And also, like, when she did her pageant, the winner mysteriously got food poisoning, which 
somehow makes her a suspect in mass bombings. So, like, we're, we're in a situation where I, 20 years ago, she maybe lightly poisoned somebody to win a beauty pageant mm-hmm. slash scholarship program. And now she's a suspect in unibombings. Like, I think we are supposed to forget yeah. most of the details about the actual criming. Yeah, yeah. That's, fair. that's fair. That's fair. That's fair. And to be fair, I did. <laughs> so. <laughs> so now but they then, get, when back, we get back to the hotel. Yeah. We find out that they have caught the citizen. They've caught the Unabomber in a shack and schmur schmur, and yeah. they had lots of um, explosives. He's basically and like then, bathing and in then C4. That's when Gracie Lou Freebush is like, maybe it's a copycat. Maybe it's <laughs> Kathy Morningside due to a light poisoning 20 years ago. Uh huh. Which, here's the thing. I really felt the moment where she's like, you're shutting up enough for the both of us. And, you know, uh, betrayal implies that you did something and all you did was stand there and not defend me. But also her theory is insane. And I don't know that I could have stood up for it either. Like she turns out to be right. But like, uh, I feel like she had enough reason to be suspicious because there was that thing, but then there's also that she's getting fired too, and she literally threatened to kill her. Yeah, she yeah. threatened to kill her, and she says all of that, and he's like, "Oh, where'd you get your intel? A pajama party or something like that?" And I'm like, "Oh, because she got it from the other women who yeah, are in women. the inside and know everything that's going on. Like, we should just throw that out." And this is an okay. op you signed off on. You were like, "Yes, the best course of yes. action is to send our FBI agent into a pajama party." <laughs> You did I this. do think there are things that Benjamin Bratt could have said in this conversation to defend her that didn't necessarily say she had a good theory. Yeah. <laughs> like, we sent her into that pajama party or something like yeah. that. Anyway, they're like, we're packing up. It's over. And she's like, no, I, I'm going to stay. And I, w- I request a small contingent of agents. And the guy's like, nope, nope. if you're staying, you're doing it as a private citizen. And she's like, looks like I quit the FBI. That's what happened, right, Erin? Yeah. Yes, she quits the FBI. She she hands Benjamin Bratt her badge and her gun, and she is now a private citizen who is just in a beauty pageant trying to make sure her friends don't get exploded. Yes. Okay, cool. So Benjamin Bratt fucks off. Michael Caine fucks off. And like, he's the only one who knows how to put on her mascara. (laughs) And so she has to go and try to get ready. And she's like, the next scene is like her theory is confirmed. Now we have Candace Bergen with Frank, her son. And now she is a full on villain. Yeah completely reveals the whole thing. She's got all of these like ransom notes in front of her that she's making. And then Frank comes in and she yells at him about his shirt being untucked again. And she's got the crown on pretending to cry and wave mm-hmm. uh-huh. and reveals that they were copying the citizens letters, which makes sense for why the FBI was able to decipher this one so mm-hmm. easily and not any of the others. Right. Apparently. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So, then all the girls help her, like mm-hmm. you said. Well, so Michael Caine first gives her her dress, and right. he says he's proud of her. That's right. Yes, he would have. He would have had a daughter. It would have been like her. She would have been like her, yeah. and that's why he's never had a daughter. <laughs> <laughs> but then he gives her a dress, and he has to leave as well because the FBI won't pay him if he doesn't leave. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But at the airport, Benjamin Bratt and he are walking along, and he's like, "Oh yeah." 
Frank is her son. He changed his name because he should, broke he a bunch of laws. Maybe should have said, "Yeah." Why wouldn't they have asked him? Like at any point, like he's been there this whole time. They could have been like, "Let's ask you for some information about Why this pageant." And volunteer these people? any of the information, like. <laughs> He's just listening to them have these conversations about who might be shady, and he knows who's shady, and he's just like, mm, well, I'm yeah. not FBI, so I'll just sit here and listen. It's nuts. I, but I have to say, before we get to the plane, is that, like, epic fall in the Lady Liberty outfit, oh. where she, like, her hair is up on the spinities oh. of the crown. Oh. Leading into that, first, they are very mean to Miss Hawaii, and then, yeah. but- because Gracie does not know how to put herself together. She's like, she's like holding like a blush compact and she's like, where's my lipstick? <laughs> so all of her, her friends that she bonded with over pizza and paint drumming, mm-hmm. like they descend upon her with curling irons and yeah. powder and all of that to like help her get ready, which I don't think would really happen in a beauty pageant, but maybe. It's well, very heroin's journey, I mean, though. If, I love it. If nothing yes. else, they would have looked at her like she had seven heads and been like, how did you get to Miss America without knowing what is blush and what is lipstick? How? Here's the yeah. thing. It would be really suspicious. Texas wouldn't have helped her. No. New York would not have helped her. No. California would not have helped her. Mm, Hawaii California would not have might helped have. her. Maybe California. Yeah. Cal- yeah. But, but Rhode Island. California and Rhode, Rhode Island, Island would yeah. have helped her. Yeah. Okay, so now they do this whole Lady Liberty dance thing, and when she's called, isn't it when she's called into the top ten, she falls? Just not well, not yet. So first, oh, yeah. she sees Candace Bergen and uh, so Kathy Morningside and Frank, her creepy son, mm-hmm. are like fighting over something, and they end up leaving a suitcase unattended. So Gracie's like, "I forgot my breasts. Be right back." <laughs> I forgot my breasts. And then she tries to go check the suitcase. And I think that's when, is that when Benjamin Bratt comes back? No, he hasn't yet. No. Oh, um, a PA opens it and it's just a microphone. It's It's nothing. Then she sneaks on stage. Then she has her big fall where when William Shatner says, oh, shit. It's Mm -hmm. such a funny moment. (laughs) It's so good. Because they actually do the dance number. Like, they pull it off. She manages to do all of the choreography where they're in these, like, weird Statue of Liberty costumes holding, like, plaques of their states. Yeah, like it's so real though. Like it that is. shit is exactly what they do. Then she gives Cheryl the flaming batons. Yeah, because like she wanted to have sexy batons, but she didn't know she could do it. And she's like, "Listen, you stole red panties. Like you're a mad woman. Like you can do this. You could do anything." Then Benjamin Bratt comes back with Vic. Yes. Brat flashes his his badge, <laughs> and then Vic flashes a makeup palette, and yes. it's like, I'm with him. Oh, it was so good. It's and perfect. then when they yeah. get into the pageant, then suddenly Vic is the one with the credentials, because he's the one everyone recognizes. Yeah. And that's when he's like, he's with me, and does little winks and stuff. Yeah. Which, you know, Benjamin Brat's response is very, like, no homo, but I found it to be very cute. Like, the whole- <laughs> That was very cute, even though it was a gay joke that was not great. Right. And he's like, come on, Muffin. I know. (laughs) Come on, Muffin was perfect. That was cute. Yeah. Yeah. So now Gracie knows that Frank is the guy and we see Frank hiding a box somewhere. Yeah. And Benjamin Bratt's like, okay, we got to, okay, now we've got to go find Frank. But she's like, no, I have to do my talent. Like, but (laughs) we have to do the pageant anymore. Like, (laughs) please stop. Agent Hart, we just have to concentrate on the bombing. 
I don't know Except why this to run down the lead. For story reasons, she has to actually earn her spot in the top five now. Yeah, yeah. I know, I know. It's ridiculous, but whatever. So, but the other women have all drunk her water for because her water they were glasses. thirsty. <laughs> and she doesn't have any other talent. So then she tells Michael Caine, you said it. All I have is sarcasm and a gun. And Benjamin Bratt adds, yeah, that and a right hook. Yeah. And you can see the light bulb uh, just going off in her head. And so then we get this the best self-defense. And now I feel like many women know the sing method. Yeah. Because of the show. Mm -hmm. I think everybody knows. Solar plexus plexus in step. Nose. Groin. Nose. Nose. (laughs) (laughs) So good. (sighs) Yeah, and so she beats the shit out of Benjamin Bratt on stage. And I loved it for all the times that he did not stick up for her in Mm -hmm. front of their boss. That's what you get. Yeah. And she's so, like, Sandra Bullock charming throughout the whole thing. Like, Mm -hmm. he doesn't want to come over and get beat up. And she's like, oh, looks like little Eowick needs some applause. (laughs) Oh, it's so cute. It's like a comedy act. It was great. Yeah. All right. So then now they're done. And they're like, now we've got to go find Frank. And then it's like, no, now it's the evening gown. We can't (laughs) find Frank now. (laughs) But Candace Bergen has the crown now because the previous year's Miss United States was walking around with it. And she's like, oh, we got to clean it. And she just like takes it and runs away. Yeah. Make sure it really shines. She's putting a, a, like, a very obvious, like, bomb on it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> very <laughs> obvious bomb. But there's a moment that I, I never caught before where after Sandra Bullock beats up Benjamin Bratt with Sing. Yeah. She caresses the side of his face. He's, like He's, like, on the ground because she just hit him in the nuts. Yeah. And then she's like, okay. And then she just kind of goes like this to him and, like, pats his shoulder. <laughs> oh. It's very cute. Back. What a romance. Yeah. Oh, I'm excited. So when they announced the top five. She gets in. I noticed for the first time that Nebraska is named Kelly Beth Kelly, which is the best name. <laughs> <laughs> I never caught that before. That's when New York does her lesbian speech. Yeah. Which, like, is kind of half a gay joke and half not. I don't know. But, like, when they go back to the people that are the the tech people and he's like can we say lesbian on live tv and the woman's oh, like yeah. do you have a problem with that i didn't i don't know it's kind of it felt like they were bad trying kind of, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like they were trying by 20 years ago standards yes right that's were, that's kind of how it trying. and yeah. i felt like her declaration was meant very sincerely like from a movie yeah. standpoint not from like it was obviously sincere from a character standpoint but i thought it was also sincere from a movie standpoint yeah anyway so one of the bits of trivia that i saw Ooh. said that uh so miss new york who's afro-latina uh-huh. shouts out to all the lesbians out there and her girlfriend is in the audience and she stands yeah. up and she's got like a big like new york sign the woman who plays her girlfriend in the audience was originally cast as miss new jersey <gasps> and she was going to be the miss new jersey who steps back oh. and they had filmed a scene where they like approached her and asked her to step back and they cut the scene for pacing, I think. So they brought her in for this moment so she could still, like, be in the movie. Oh, wow. I'm glad they cut that scene where they outed her as a porn yeah. star and threatened her where? so that she would drop out of the competition. I'm yeah. glad that's no longer Really glad that's gone. Yeah. <laughs> but also glad she got to have her face in this movie. That's great. Yeah. Yes. Good for her. But then William Shatner says, 
And we'll be back with our final five lesbians. Interviews. (laughs) (laughs) He's perfect. Okay. So now Rhode Island gives her interview where she says America is like a big ship. And when we love each other and respect each other, that's how the ship gets safely home. Which is so good and perfect. Uh Uh-huh. Then Sandra Bullock does her answer about how she's learned so much from being in this pageant that it, that it is feminist and the, these women she's learned so much from and such a perfect good answer and Michael Caine is so happy oh and then God. the funniest moment of the movie in my opinion happens where she says and if anyone tries to hurt one of my new friends I would take them out I would make them suffer so much and if they ran I would hunt them down. <laughs> down <laughs> to silence and then she goes <laughs> she's like thank you Kathy. thank you kathy mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so good. and then he goes one shining moment this is where he says oh it's so good crazy realizes that the crown is the bomb yeah. Yes. And instead of turning to Michael Caine and saying, the bomb is in the crown, and just being laid on stage, or I don't know, fucking not going not out going. on stage. We're saving lives here. You're a former FBI agent. Try harder. She's like, oh, but I have to go. <laughs> I have to go on stage. And she also, alive. like, she can't get it out either. She's just like, the, the, the crown, the crown, it's the crown. And he's like, yes. Wear the crown. Be the crown. Be the crown. And she just never says outright, the bomb is in the crown, Michael Caine. Go tell Benjamin Bratt. Yeah. It's it's like she doesn't want to like cause hysteria. It's like she doesn't want to say bomb, right. right? But it's like at this point, who the fuck cares? Yeah. It's a bomb. It's there. We need to do something about it. I feel it. like maybe at this point, they should have just briefed the top five. And been like, hey, bitches, something's going to happen. So, like, let's all be on the same page here. If I tell you not to put on the crown, it's because I am an FBI agent formerly. You know? like (laughs) This is not a moment of the show must go on. (laughs) No! But she is only beauty pageant contestant now. And she wants to fucking win. So she she goes out there. And... So, okay, so after she gets on stage, she starts, like, doing pointy ears at Benjamin Bratt to get him to think, to know that it's the crown. Then Benjamin Bratt sees Frank climb up onto the top of, like, where the... The The Statue Statue of Liberty. The the fake stage Statue of Liberty. To accomplish what? To see when the crown goes on so that he can push the explode button. He can't do that that from from the the side? (laughs) Apparently not. Why is he up there? Because <laughs> he's creepy Frank. He's got to be up there. Maybe he wanted to see the cleavage when oh, it happened. Maybe. Probably. Yeah. Vocal yeah. point. So then he runs. He goes up the ladder to get up into the rafters. And a security guard, who is the only man doing his job, right. checks <laughs> this pageant. Not the FBI. Like, no one else is doing their jobs. He apprehends him as he should because Brat fucking pulled his gun 20 minutes ago before right? he even started running. He pulled his gun before he climbed the ladder, which is nuts. <laughs> anyway, so he's just running around with a gun, gets detained by a security guard, and then beats up that poor man who was just doing his job. He does. Yeah. And instead of just being like, I'm an FBI agent. Like, first of all, why didn't the security guard know that this was going on? Thank also? you. <laughs> right? <laughs> right? And instead of being like, 
here's my badge. Or, like, he punches the guy in the face. He yeah. says, I'm going to slowly reach for my badge. And the guy's like, if you do that, you're dead. So then he's like, okay, I guess I'll punch you in the face. But I just, the whole exchange, I just was like, this is the one man who was doing the right thing <laughs> yeah. in <this> situation. <laughs> okay. All right. So. Then we get the announcement. So like California goes down. Like now we're 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 top two. We're Rhode Island and Jersey. They're the top two. She hugs her and says, Don't take the crown. Of course, this bitch doesn't hear it no. because it's loud and she's crying and all of yeah. these things. So she gets pulled away by like just a rando in a tux who she apparently can't fucking fight off for 20 seconds. Yeah. Like you just did the demo, bitch. Sing, yeah. in yeah. step, like do it. You've got <laughs> elbows, you've got heels. Like, yeah. And I, I think mean, he's the, he um, he's like the dance instructor or something. Yes. He's been in a few scenes, but he like picks Sandra Bullock up You're and is right. like taking her off stage. And then she gets to Rhode Island and is like fighting, her, <laughs> Rhode Island's like fighting her off with a bouquet. <laughs> it's like, lay this bitch out. Like, I know you don't want to punch Cheryl in the face, but do it. There's yeah. a bomb, man. Maybe just like a gut punch and then the crown will fall into your hands, you know? Something. Something. Yeah. And then she gets the crown and then throws it. Directly well, hold at on, the hold man on. she loves. Yes. Not yet. Not <laughs> yet. <laughs> yeah. Tell us everything. So she flips one guy, hits another guy in the nose, and then rushes back to Cheryl, who beats her off with her bouquet of roses. That's right. Yes. And all of the flowers fall off. It's like she doesn't want to punch Cheryl. She doesn't want to punch Cheryl. She's just trying to pull the crown off her head, and it is like super glued on there. Yeah. Benjamin Bratt is still fighting Frank over the detonator. Yes. And meanwhile, William Shatner is still reciting <laughs> the beauty and she's grace, rains her crown to the sky. Like he's still going through the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Yes. He's a professional. Then Texas jumps in because she's like, if somebody's going to fight over this crown, it's going to be me. That's right. 100%. So she and Gracie are fighting over the crown now. They've gotten it off of Cheryl's head, and Cheryl is just standing there bawling. Sobbing. That shot of her just crying while the confetti falls. <laughs> so <laughs> funny. It's so funny. And then backstage, we cut to this very evil shot of Candace Bergen. It's like kind of shot from below, looking up at her, and she's got this like evil look on her face. Yeah. Mama's about to like make it happen because Frank is fucking it up. Yeah, mm-hmm. as usual. So Frank and Benjamin Bratt still fighting. Gracie and Texas are still fighting. <laughs> so Gracie finally punches somebody else in the nose. She punches Texas in the nose. Yeah. Cheryl's still sobbing. And then Benjamin Bratt yells, Gracie, because the detonator has fallen uh-huh. candace bergen picks up the detonator william shatner yells hold your crown up high <laughs> <laughs> and he's, it's he's professional he's he never gonna stop saying those lines no constant professional the show is going on for him <laughs> that is when gracie in slow motion throws the crown up into the air oh. and it explodes taking part of the statue of liberty with it <laughs> and what? then cheryl faints into her arms mm-hmm. yes is that not where Benjamin Bratt was fighting Frank? Mm-hmm. Right there. It's at pretty the close. Of the mm-hmm. Statue of Liberty. He's like, he's on like the down stairs. the stairs a Here's little bit. Thing. But, it's a but it's still pretty close. If we're going to have a, a, a crime mystery thriller 
romance. <laughs> yeah. At the mm-hmm. end, at the climax of the film, I mm. don't want the romantic heroine to throw the bomb at the romantic hero. <laughs> like, if she's going to make a choice of where do I throw this? Into the crowd? Into the, like, uh, off to the site? Like, who am I going to explode? I don't want her to choose the hero. You That's don't all. want her, her, her to shrapnel the hero? Come on, yeah. man. Like, she's a casual shrapnel. They should have had that, like, little fight between Frank and Benjamin Bratt somewhere else because yeah. it is cinematic to have like part of the statue oh, explode totally. and then William Shatner is still standing there with flames and confetti behind him and he goes <laughs> she's Miss United States <laughs> and scene oh, it's so good it's so good and then the TV producer is like good show okay. good show everybody <laughs> we did it yeah so then they arrest Murphy Brown and she's getting taken away. And this is when she's like, I this did this for all the speech. girls and all the beauties. And I worked my whole life and I made you into a beauty queen. And that's where she says, <laughs> she says something about it being a beauty pageant. And then Gracie's like, it is not a beauty pageant it is a scholarship program and she's like yeah yeah and she's like yes oh yes yes <laughs> and it's all while she's trying to like put her hand on her head to get her into the car and so when candace bergen turns around um, sandra bullock's head is on her hand is on her head so her hair gets oh weird. yeah oh, it's so good <sighs> and then she says oh, something like have fun organizing the Miss San Antonio Correctional Facility pageant, uh-huh. which is also hilarious. But they do have pageants in women's prisons. They do. So I think that Tanner could do that. Yes. Yeah. They do. Oh. I don't know if they have one at the Miss San Antonio Correctional Facility, but they do. <laughs> so then Benjamin Bratt is walking along oh. with Sandra Bullock and he's like, hey, so I was wondering, uh, you know, when we get back, maybe you and I could have dinner. What? No. Specifically, he says, oh. after we get back and you get all ugly again, oh. maybe we could have dinner, which was important to me because yeah. I want to be clear that she's not going to keep this up. She didn't even know what lipstick was when she got no. back into the dressing room. Like, this is all going away within mm-hmm. a couple of weeks, and he needs to acknowledge and understand that. There's a little bit of a bookend going on here also where she still looks great. Like, her oh. hair has, like, come down a little bit, but, like, very artfully tousled. It looks yeah. beautiful. And he is covered in soot. Oh, yeah. Somehow. You're so right. <laughs> because she threw a fucking bomb at him. <laughs> Somehow. Somehow he just got exploded. He's like, but he he's, he's otherwise fine. He's just yeah. dirty. Yeah. I, I was just saying he should at least be dirty for continuity purposes. <laughs> because, again, the bomb was thrown directly at him. It's true. Yeah. So then she's like, are you asking me on a date? And he's like, I mean, you know, just like the casual dinner. And like, if we have sex afterward, fine. And she's like, Hot. you think I'm gorgeous. You want to date me, love me and marry me. And then they make out. We get oh. a great smooch out of this. It's uh-huh. so good. She grabs his lapel and kind of pulls him back. Mm. Yeah, she she gets the kiss. Yeah. It's so good. Oh, And then we get the final scene where like she's walking into the breakfast and she says she's gonna miss the heels and suddenly she's like very aware of her breasts and he says that's funny <laughs> suddenly me too <laughs> i'm also very aware of your breasts which is really funny and then <laughs> she's <laughs> well yeah. she's leaving she's like not even going to say goodbye to anybody yeah 
Mm-hmm. And they come in, like Michael Caine runs out and he's like, there's an incendiary device. <laughs> <laughs> so she and Benjamin Bratt go running back into the breakfast and Cheryl is there on the stage because she is, of course, Miss United States now. And yeah. she's like, and here she is. She'll always be Gracie Lou Freebush to us, our Miss Congeniality. Oh, and then she really does get choked up like she was making fun of before. And she says she really does want world peace. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's perfect. And then there's like a group hug and then it ends. Yeah. You know what, though? There are so many threading places in New York. I think she could at least <laughs> keep her eyebrows on point when they get back. Oh, yeah. You know? I think I think she could hire Michael Caine if she wanted to. Probably. So I don't like, know how she know, would do that once on a month, that government salary. Like but yeah. <laughs> well, she could get one of those federal manicurists. Yeah, that's what like, she needs. by her office. Doing? Yeah. <laughs> They're not working. Like, they need the hours. They do. How many FBI agents I mean, need to be beauty queens per month? <laughs> I would be happy if she just, like, put her hair behind her ears That's and, it. like, Ugh. you know, stopped, like, licking her fingers at the table or whatever. She is a woman <laughs> who does not need makeup. She yeah. just needs to change a few hygiene issues and she'll yeah. be fine. Yeah, it's true. All right. This was such a great pick. Thank you so much, Thank you. Alexis. Thank you for coming on. It's a great pick. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Do you have a lady love? Oh, yeah, I do. Um, so I actually had a couple here. I wasn't sure which I was going to use. A couple? Wow. Um, I have, so you'll be able to see it on the video. Yeah. I have been collecting <laughs> Fable Bands, which are headbands uh, by this company called Fable Bands uh-huh. that is uh, owned by an Afro-Latina woman. Uh, she's Dominican. And my hair is off them. So these are all like headbands but based on books. So this is an Addie LaRue <gasps> one. This one is from Cersei. This one is from You Had Me at Ola. Oh. They actually did one. Uh, this is a Bridgerton one. That's amazing. I just I have a whole bunch of them. And they have just been helping me out during all this time that I sit at my yeah. desk over the last year and a half. Yeah. It's just keeping my hair in my face. Maybe so Sandra Bullock could use one. Yeah. Are they uh, Etsy? Are they their own website? They, yeah, they have their own website, and they're also active on Instagram. Fable Bands. Fable, Fable. Bands. I'm Fable. writing that okay. down hard. Thank you. Yeah. Erin, do you have one? Yes, and I just lost it. Wait, <laughs> wait, wait. Oh, I have it. Hi. You may have noticed that I'm wearing glasses for the first time. Yeah. In a long time. They look That's hot. because in the year 2015, I had my eyeballs lasered, as you remember. I do. My eyeballs have regressed back to not being able to see well. And I've known this for like a year, but I've <gasps> just been telling myself like, no, it's fine. I don't need to see street signs. It's fine. Aaron, Friends, if you need glass, just go. You can do it at Costco. Just go to your glass. Just do it. Just make, just get the glasses. You look like, so it just, good right now, It was right like now, one of those too. things. That was like, you know, it's like a thing you have to do, but it's like, ugh, it's like that thing you have to do. Instantly improve your vision should be top of the list. Yeah. Just just do it. Or whatever your thing is that you're like putting off that will like instantly improve your life. There's individual leaves on trees. I can drive. <laughs> it's nuts. Just do it. Go get your eyes or whatever checked. Do it. It's not right. scary. Awesome. Okay. Mine is embrace who you are right now. Uh, I never thought that I was going to be the mom who, like, emails everyone and CCs the mayor and yells at school officials, like, on the phone, you know? 
But when your school district doesn't come out with the COVID safe plan, and it's like a week and a half before school, you gotta do what you gotta do. And I will tell you what, everybody, they had a plan out within 36 hours of me going on my private rampage. <laughs> so well done. <laughs> I'm also going to the school board meeting on Tuesday. They're very excited to see me. It's going to be great. <laughs> so, <laughs> I don't recognize myself right now, everyone, but here we are. So embrace whoever you need to be. <laughs> this is a melody that has been pushed to her limit. <laughs> That's not typical melody behavior. No. <laughs> All right. Okay, so Alexis, where can everyone find you? They need to follow you online. I am most active on Instagram right now, at Alexis Daria, one word. I also have a website, alexisdaria.com, very easy. Mm -hmm. And you can sign up for my newsletter there. I try to send all kinds of like fun subscriber bonuses and free things. So Nice. Check it out. Oh, that's so good. And you have to pick up A Lot Like Adios. You have to. You have to. It's fantastic. It's so good. Read it. It's so good. All right. And you know where you can find us online. So keep being a badass. Oh, Did we say anything funny? I don't think we said a single thing that was funny. And love yourself as much as you love. You think I'm gorgeous. You want to date me. <laughs> I do love that. I love it a lot. All right. Cool. All right. Love yourself that much. Bye. Bye, everyone. I'm Jenny Nordback. And I'm Melody Carlisle. We're teaming up for a brand new show, Bonkers Romance. We're taking our love for romance and dialing it up to 11 with your favorite authors and personalities from Romancelandia. Every Thursday, we recap a truly bonkers piece of romance media and discuss how its tropes are maximized and what they do for us. Along the way, you'll get commentary, book recs, hilarious stories, hot takes, and a unique peek into the brains of creators you admire. Join us each week as we celebrate the authors who really go there and show us that our hard limits might just be guidelines. We're available everywhere, so follow us wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, you. Yes, listener, you. Are you loving the show? If so, please leave a rating and review in your podcast app. The 90 seconds you take to say something nice not only helps new people find the show, but it makes me super smile over at HBHQ. Also, I've had a few people ask, and the answer is yes, we are still doing the five-star bribe. If you leave us a review with five stars, then we'll do whatever book you want. We're real, real deep into the list, though, so it might be a while. Ah! Lilas! Okay, back to the show.